Hello and welcome to the Ramblings of a Saint podcast. I am your host, Johnny Lou. You can find me on Twitter at RamblingSaint7 and personally on Twitter at JohnLou13. Now it's the one you've all been waiting for, really. We've had OKR, we've had Leeds, we've had Cass, we've had Wakefield, but really we are a St. Helens podcast. Our hearts are there, our minds are there, our church is the totally wicked stadium. Rugby league's our religion. And I am proud to say I've got a very special guest. You may know him from the formerly Loose Forward podcast and now only in Rugby League podcast as the man they always give a head start to. It is Bobby from the <laughs> Loose Forward pod. Say hello, Bob. Hi, am you all right? Yeah, I was up for an intro. It's better than the one you get on your own podcast, isn't it? That that was fantastic. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to have to start hiring you for my little jingle, mate. That's that's what I need. I need, uh, I need, some, I need some prep up like that. Well, I know. Well, Phil tried to retire from the Bobby fan club, so you never know. We might uh, there might be a gap in the market. <laughs> uh, he, might, he might quit this year when I when I on some of the things I have to say about Salford if uh, if, if my predictions are going to be right. But <laughs> it might I mean, I think I think that's everyone, isn't it? But uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem well, like it's going to be a good season for the old Salford. But we're here to talk about St. Helens, and. Last year was kind of a, a an up and down year, to say the least, in comparison to our previous heights under Christian Wolfe and Justin Holbrook. It was kind of like a new a new dawn, but really this year Cummins, our proper new dawn without Roby. But we'll get on to that later. Um, so the season started off, we'd obviously lost Christian Wolfe and replaced him with one of our own, Paul Wellens. And obviously appointed Lauren Fraser and you and had a bit of a shake up with Ian Talbot coming up um, into our backroom staff. And we went over to the South, uh, South, well, South Australia. It was uh, Sydney, South, yeah. Southeastern Australia. And uh, went over, obviously played in the preseason challenge, became World Club champions. But then the season didn't really pan out how we expected to kick on from there. Um so I'm going to ask you, Bobby, what was good? What was bad? What was your thoughts on the overall season? Well, I think first things first, it's worth mentioning, you know, when Holbrook left uh, and we did get Christian Wolf, and everyone said the pressure was on Wolf, but I do think the pressure fell to Wellens a lot more than, than that. And I think mm-hmm. um, as much as the four in the row is important, it was it's important to highlight that, that Holbrook won that first one. So if you look at uh, Leeds back in uh, 07, 08, 09, I think you saw it then when they replaced their manager after 09, it, it happened again. Three in a row is a hell of a lot of a, it's a bigger shoe to fill if you like. Um, I thought Wellens did okay in his first season. Um, it, it, it sounds, uh, if you look at Saints last season, you, you tend to compare them to those four seasons, which is only right. Yeah. But, if you look at what we accomplished in a World Club Challenge um, champions, two semi-finals, and you know joint top of the league, people forget that that yeah. top of the league was it was settled by points difference. And you look at a couple of them games that maybe we lost or we lost or like maybe we uh, didn't score as many points in, like it, it like uh, the games I'm thinking of are like uh, Leeds at home where they had that comeback. Uh, we went 12 points ahead twice and the Lee game where we were 12 points up, Matty Lee's got Simmin and it transformed the game. And and them little ones, like, 
the the small margins of ill discipline that really cost us last year and and if we'd have just got that right we'd have at least finished the season with a well two trophies including the world cup challenge yeah exactly and that that's the disappointing side of things unfortunately um but yeah I would have loved for us, obviously, you know, Saints fan, you know, you want to get past those two semi-finals and, and you know, you want to finish top of the league. But, you know, it swings and roundabouts. If you'd have told me in the last 10 years that we were going to win, you know, four consecutive titles, I'd have snapped your hand off. Because back in 2014, I know we beat Wigan in that, that 2014 yeah. from 15 to, to 19 when we when we next won the, the grand final. We look clearly. We didn't look anything like a champion. Well, for them, for them, two and a half years under under Kieran Cunningham, they were some. Yeah. They, it was weird because I like, we never failed to make the playoffs, but it was dire rugby league that we were seeing. Um, yeah. I think like one of the seasons, I think it was the season before he got sacked, so not his first one, his second one. Um, there was question marks halfway through because it was the magic weekend where we got drubbed by. Uh, Huddersfield, I think like 44 nil or something like that. And I remember being at the ground hearing like, you know, turn the statue down, turn the statue down. It was really quite a toxic atmosphere. And then I think we went on to win like 16 of our last 18 games or something and made like second or third place. And we were like, oh, but yeah, well, maybe we got something. And it was like, we started the 2017 season the way we was for the past two years and the majority of the time with Cunningham and it was like the style of rugby was dire mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't even like like even though the the, the wolf ball as uh, our friend Steve Orford called it even though it was necessarily boring it was entertaining still whereas like under Cunningham in that period it was the complete contrast yeah and even so much in, in, in Welland's last season I mean the, yeah. the wolf ball was all about defensive play a lot of the time it was it wasn't necessarily about being the the the, the best in attack it was about having a solid defense and i think wellens tried that and i don't think he quite carried over what what wolford laid down if you like um but that was wellens as a player for me wellens was always i always saw wellens as an, as an attacking fullback never his defensive play was fantastic don't get me wrong but i always thought he was more of an attack he's played in a t- in teams that were very attacking in style yeah, I can't remember the stats. I think I may have wrote it on my thing, but I believe our defence actually improved last year under Wellens um, in comparison to the three years before. Oh. Uh, I can't. Yeah, points per game wise, it actually improved stats wise. That's uh, interesting to know. Which was, yeah, which which a lot of people um, were shocked by, to be honest, not just you. And um, but like Wellens is our defensive coach, so. When you look at the attacking coach, that relied heavily on Lauren Fraser, you, mm. which um, the the he was only on a two year deal in the first place. Um, same with Wellens, but I think Wellens' job is pretty safe to be honest, as long as yeah. he does an okay job. I think the question marks look at the assistants then, um, with that failing of of the attacking side and the attacking structure. Um, I went to the friendly against Salford, and I know you 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 never look into friendlies that much um but it looked it, it looked really good i mean they subbed wellsby off at half time with the majority of our team and benison slotted in at fullback and mm. benison must have been doing a lot of work pre-season with jack and probably paul himself because he set up two tries with cut out passes which 
John Benison, I don't think we've ever seen whenever he's played full back in the past, even make a pass, let alone a cutout pass. And um, and so I, I really feel like they have targeted that in pre-season and, and hopefully they have, because like you were saying, it was it was a pretty dire um, performances and, and it was reflecting that in the terraces. Um, now, I'm going to ask you a question, like, okay, go we'll, we'll, we'll go on to the next section yeah because that was kind of what went wrong and you know we we obviously know our attacking frailties at the minute and them combinations never seem to link up uh even with like Lomax really was it like Lomax had a very quiet year for himself I think he had a better season when he had one arm than he probably yeah. did last year without yeah that's true with both. um but like what was a personal highlight for you out of the season so we we've done a bit of the negative and but what about the positives and the personal highlights for you out out of last season? I mean, I, th- I think as a on a personal highlight, I think it's very very hard to look past that World Club challenge. It it will just live rent free in my head for a long 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 time. That I still get yeah. goosebumps when you know you, you see that first breakaway try with Jack Wells oh. side. Sky Sports must show it, or Saints must show it on on Twitter and Facebook every every single week. It seems every, to be on the timeline at least once a week. <laughs> every single week, though, every time I see it, I'll go and watch the full highlights and the match just because I can. Because I, <laughs> it still gives me goosebumps. I watch it. And I'm it like, does. I need to watch the rest of it now because I need to see how it finished. <laughs> it really does. And, uh, I, like I was, I was in a, I was in a bar in Thailand, and. Uh, and it was it was full of Aussies, but mm-hmm. they all hated Penrith apart from two Penrith fans that were in there. <laughs> and it was just like I was in pins and bits. And just when that drop goal went over, well, when the Hopawati try happened, I jumped mm-hmm. up. And then he gave a forward pass, and it was like, what? No, I know. It's not forward. No, everyone in the bar was like, oh my, that's not fucking forward. What are you doing? <laughs> oh my, and it was like. And then obviously they got that penalty for the uh, um, for the blocking mm. on the and it was like what I was like what's going on it was like that's not blocking and oh and then the, when they leveled it up I was in bits like I think we all were weren't we when it went yeah. twelve all yeah. um, go on carry on sorry I was just going even more so when. Uh, I mean, it, it it makes me laugh now because you know you look back and and but when Cleary's running back and saying he's got ice in his veins kicking oh. that ball, and I'm, I'm thinking he has fair play to him, but maybe wait till after the game to say something because yeah, or at least bad. or at least if it's making you 14, 12 up, not not when it's getting you tired up. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, and then obviously the drop the drop goal happened, and May I was up. Jumping up and down in this bar, yoo-hooing, coo-hooing. I was doing everything. I, I had my singlet off, swinging it up in me, <laughs> up in the air. It was like, honestly, I'll never forget that memory. I won about five hundred quid because because of, of all the uh, all the bets I had on at last minute. I was texting because betting's banned in Thailand, so oh, I couldn't it? put any online bets on. So oh, all the ad was like the ones I put on before I went. So I text my mate before the game and went, mate, I've just got a feeling we'll win this. What's our odds? And he went, oh, it's 10 to 1. I went, right, stick a tenner on it. I'll transfer it here. So I was like, <laughs> just like literally going into bits. I was like, and that that will forever be, I think, one of the 
highlights of my life. I was there in 07. Was you there? I was, yeah, yeah. Brisbane, yeah, I was there. Uh, at Bolton Stadium Bolton, at the yeah. Reebok. And that was like, I just remember being, well, I must have been 10. Yeah, 10 at the time. And that day, I just remember the same feeling of just ecstatic. Yeah. And it was like it, it was like this this team had done something really really special mm. to go over the it was all right winning it in 07 here to go over the to win it to have you know five six hundred Saints fans there including like expats and shut up the Aussie press as well I really feel yeah. like we gained we gained a lot of respect over the format. Yeah, I also don't care what anybody tells me. Uh, I hear so many comments oh, of Penrith didn't want they didn't it. Care. Oh, they turned up. They t- you could see the, how much it meant to those Penrith players on the floor, practically in tears that they didn't win that game. And you could that was not fake at all. That was that yeah. was emotion that they've just lost to this. Exactly that. Where they're there. all sat down and there's the Saints huddle that they're all jumping up and celebrating and they're just sat down on the pitch in yeah. the rain, just absolutely just distraught. There's no yeah. way on this earth anyone can say, oh, they didn't go out to win. They didn't, you know, they didn't take it seriously. They no. were training for, you know, weeks before and they yeah. <laughs> they, and, they and knew what to expect. At the end of the day as well. So you, you go out there and give your all for 80 minutes yeah. whether it's a friendly or whether it's a a, a final. So and you could see Ivan Cleary post match where he was like just distraught, and he was like, "Yeah, I think I think Saints could potentially." Yeah, when they asked about where would they finish in the NRL, he went, "They could probably win it," and it was yeah. just like dead panned, dead chance. He was just like, "Yeah, fair play to them." You could yeah. tell how disappointed he was, and that that moment, that game, if that doesn't put. It, like it, if 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 in fifty years time we're we're still not talking about this game, we're in Buddy Kerr homes and we're not talking about the <laughs> the twenty twenty three World Club Challenge, I will be surprised. Yeah, I agree. I hundred percent agree with that. And uh, so what? So obviously, World Club Challenge, we know what went good. We know, like you know, we were we were a whisker off potentially winning the League Leader Shield. We mm-hmm. were a, a a Ritson push away from potentially going the Challenge Cup final uh, yeah. in controversial circumstances. We was, uh, you know, we was that semi final against Catalan. Yeah, that was one of them games that was just like, a look, the referee never ever loses you a game. There's only ever the team. You have 80 minutes. That will cost you the game. There was a lot of controversial decisions in that game. But, you know, we, we will bypass that and just go to what the hell were we doing giving away them penalties? And they were just kicking the goals for fun. And then you look at Matty Lee's sim minute lying on. At first, my immediate was reaction was, oh, his arm's stuck. And then it showed yeah. the replay. And I was like, oh, you idiot. I was, was exactly like, the same. Exact same. It was just like, and the cameraman on, oh, he made me feel sick, the cameraman, because he was mm. awful that day. <laughs> it was just yeah. like, but when we were, I think we, we were 6-2 at the time and we gave away the penalty for the, um, who was it? It was the one where Sione was going like, think, think. And it was like, mate, yeah. you didn't get sent off in the first half. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh. And uh, I can't remember who gave it away. 
it was like was it for a charge down or something like that a late hit and um and it, and they ended up kicking off and it went six four and I just went to my dad I went we're gonna lose this yeah I just felt then that the momentum was going and the attack then was the epitome of of everything that we said before the attack and ill discipline everything was summed up in that last game mm. you know the, the the one time we did a drop off well we scored but yeah. all year we've just been doing drop offs for drop off sake and it was like watching the Cunningham era of old um but that like you know we we were a Tompkins try away and ill discipline away from potentially getting to the grand final and setting up one of the biggest games of uh, of the well potentially the decade yeah that Wigan side um and like you know but who were the key players in that sort of in that way for you um who we'll, we'll go with three we'll go with three players throughout the season that you thought you know what they are undroppable they are vital and we they they were the cogs for us because I've got three and and, and I know you'll probably have well. I've got more than three, but you'll probably have more than three. But we'll stick to three. Um, I think in in that sense, it, it's it. I mean, the first one on everyone's tongue is obviously Jack Wellsby. He of in 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 that in that one sentence you've said undroppable, and that's exactly what he is. He he, he might not set the world alight in what people want him to do every single game of every single week, but you can't do that for a full season. But he's no. there when it matters. He, he he did it very consistently, in my opinion. I don't. I, I hear a lot of comments of he was very inconsistent. He wasn't inconsistent. He maybe had one game in about five where he was just a little bit quieter than others. But it wasn't a major issue for me. So I think the first on everyone's plate is Jack Wellsby. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think the stat was wasn't he uh, involved in fifty percent of our tries last year. Yeah, which like for one that. player to have that so I think like I don't even think Ben Barber did it in the year that he won it <laughs> like yeah. I, I mean that that sums up a how little we scored last year and b yeah. how big of an influence Jack Wellsby is on how we play um but it, it he's just at what 22 years of age to to do what he's done to win what he's won at such a young age to have Australia literally gaping for you yeah. and to go, you know what, I'm going to stay and to turn down the offer and to be happy where he is, to be happy at the club. Um, I think that, I think that's a, a credit to Jack and his sort of mentality and, and, and everything else. So, right. I think, I believe in the clip, it was like, you know, we've won it all. So let's go do it again. Yeah. And like that sort of mentality, whether it's scripted or not, just to just to hear him say them words and to know that he means it as well. Yeah. Um I think I think it's a testament to the club and able to retain him and a testament to Jack. So Yeah, hundred percent. You got the world nipping at your heels and you you you're staying with the club that's that's giving you that chance and built you up from scratch. It's, you know, brilliant to see. I mean, I think the NRL is on his cards eventually, but I mean, I hope not. I hope, I, I hope that something can make him stay, you know, be another Roby, be another St. Ellen's uh, one-man legend, one-club legend, should I say. But I think the NRL will eventually just pull him in too greatly, and I think he'll want to know for his for his own sake, for his own sake, could I have done it? Yeah. Um, 
I'll jump in with the second player and then mm-hmm. we'll go back to your third. And then if any of yours differ or any of mine differ, we'll crack on with that. Um, my second one was Joe Batchelor. Yes. Uh, was he on your list? He wasn't actually, no, but I th- again... Oh, there you go. Well, oh, we've, only, we've only got, just we've got more than three players to be named then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for me, he's just... he When he came back after his ankle injury that he got in Australia, like you think they go on about that World Cup challenge and go, ah, oh, Penrith weren't at full strength. They had four players missing and I believe we had three. Yeah. So, and Joe Batcher is a main cog in that for me. His defensive mm-hmm. effort, that right-hand side... Obviously, when Horrell's playing and he's destructive in attack, Horrell, but in defence, he's very, um, well, not, he's not, not as good as his attack, put it that way in defence, <laughs> to, to put it politely. Um, but when Joe Batchelor wasn't there, we seemed to be a lot more all over the place on that right hand side. But his work rate and everything he does in, in defence is can allow for Comrade to shoot out and jam in and and do them things because we'll always have him as sweeping up behind and, and yeah. doing that sort of hard work that a lot of people don't really see or don't appreciate. Um, and for me, and, and also in attack as well, like he's just, he, he's, he reminds me a lot of like what Lee Gilmore was for us. Massively mm. solid in defence, his work rate, massively and uh and and he had that ability and attack to run them lines run them hard and he also had the hands in order to lay it off and lay on and and for me he's vital his story's great as well coming from league one up to becoming a world well not world champions he didn't play but you know to be part of a world champion team and yeah and winning the grand finals he's won i believe when he came back we won like the last 17 games uh, 15 out of the last 17 and mm. he was a massive cog of them games when I seen him go off against Warrington I kind of said then and I don't think we'll win against Catalan without him um, and I think that, that that's probably a testament to Joe and his his sort of role within the team as well and, and I just think he's an undroppable for me yeah I 100% agree. Uh, he only just missed out on 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 the list, um, and, I, and I, I thought you might have picked him to be fair, which is why <laughs> I avoid him a little bit. But um, I do stand by. I think we do have one of, if not the best, back rows in the league. Yeah, um, and I think Bachelor is just absolutely cemented in that in that back row. And yeah, again, agree, undroppable. Yeah. Go um, on, so. Who's your second pick then? <laughs> I think again, I think you know, easy to go with someone so safe like Lomax or Urobis, you know, someone who performs consistently throughout the season. But um um my 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 neck my, my second player was um Mark Percival. Oh, he was my third, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed mine. <laughs> I, I think um I think Percy transforms that team when he comes back. And yeah. I know you know, it, it's one of them. He, he's he is made a glass, unfortunately. Sometimes, you know, he he does pick up a lot of injuries, but he's one of those players you just stand by because when he plays, he is the best centre in the league. Yeah, and I, and I truly stand by that. I think, uh, I think I completely agree. I think for us, I think he transforms the way we attack, especially but, that left edge. 
hundred percent. And the 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 other thing for him as well, and I was really happy to see with last year, is I'm glad he's taken on the kicking again. Yeah, because after the uh, Castleford game in 2017, he just went, "I'm never kicking again." Yeah, he lost his he lost his edge completely, um, and it was nice to see him kick and kick consistently last year. Uh, yeah. I think we all know he got Mason, the highest percentage. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we all we all know Makington can have a day with the boot, but we also know he could spoon about 50 into the yeah makinson seems flat. to kick the difficult ones and miss the easy ones well i mean going back to the you know the negatives of last season i mean you know you say that challenge cup semi we should have easily been out of sight yeah. i mean that's the oh, start yeah, we had a been... chance to level it up as well in the last minute didn't we and he missed yeah. it in front of the sticks i mean that was just a very tired tired player and i can forgive that the yeah. one that sticks in my mind for makinson is the one on half time you say we yeah. lost two points, but we wouldn't have needed those two points had he kicked the easy goal in front of the stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it swings and roundabouts. Don't you? you know, he kicks that. You know, Lee could have gone on to win easy. You know, they could have had. They could yeah, have yeah. Hammered us, but it's they the didn't. Win us by two. <laughs> but, yeah. After that, I think it was nice to see Percy do the kicking and and get back to some of his best kicking as well. But yeah. more attack and like you said, that left edge it looks a lot more dangerous with with him in that side yeah even his defense is like really good because they say oh why are you jamming in but that's part of how saints play the center's jamming and then the second row can cover back when yeah. when numbers are necessary and and this that, and the other when you see that play if you see it you go for it and don't <laughs> worry our sliding defense is good enough that we can cover back if necessary um and he read them very very well last year he also is for me the main reason we won that World Cup challenge. Mm. That carry out of the end goal. If yeah. he doesn't get out of the and then Conrad doesn't take that second run, it they they have another yeah. set of six on our line and they kick that drop goal. Yeah. So his his effort for me and that's what I love about him is he's one hundred percent in every game and he doesn't think about anything else. He thinks and bleeds rugby league. Of course and, he does, yeah. And that is that is that's the player you want on your team. You want a player who will live and die for you. And yeah. the fact that he will do them percentage plays, them 1% plays are massive in big games and he does them so well. Yeah, and I think you've I think you've pretty much summed him up there. And, you know, I said before, you know, he is unfortunately made of glass, but when you have someone who's made of glass, who's prepared to put his, his body on the line for your club, and that's exactly what you're getting Mark Percival every single time. Yeah. And finally, your third pick, because I've done all mine, so... (laughs) (laughs) The third one, uh, again, this is probably the one that just edged out Bachelor for me, and I think he was arguably our player of the season. That was James Bell. Yeah. I thought... I think he did get... Did he get player's player? I think he did, yeah. Yeah, Uh, I think so. uh, Yes, I think he did. But I thought he was absolutely... I thought he was phenomenal for me, and I think... um, you know, people talk about how good John Asiata was for uh, for Lee yeah. last season, and I think he doesn't get enough credit in that in that thirteen role for Saints. Um, His ball handling just transforms us again. Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, and that's why I think personally Morgan Knowles should be more of a forward because he runs it in, he runs the ball in well. That is what I think will happen next season. I really do hope so because I think James Bell could really be that that extra ball player we need in that thirteen. Especially we know Roby as well. I mean, Clark yeah. isn't um, you know Clark's no 
uh, he isn't as he's no James. No one's going to be another James Roby. But he's a generational player. But you can replace him as best you can. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. And um, you know, Clark will do well. But I think having that extra ball player where where Roby might have been in James Bell, if he does what he did last season, absolutely no issue with that at all. And for such a a, a fella who's not your traditional, well, he, he's he's not your modern day thirteen. He's not a mm-hmm. big bruiser that like we've come to see of the past. You know, like you think of your Sam Burgesses, you think of you know he, even like back in my childhood, your Paul Schoolforps. Although he's got the the, I don't think anyone will ever be Paul Schoolfort, but like <laughs> he's not a big framed fella. He's not. Um, but he he just seems he's he's about five foot ten, five nine, mm. maybe even smaller, and he he just chops people down. Doesn't matter the size of him, doesn't matter yeah. anything, and he just does it, and he does it so well. Yeah. Um, and like you say, the, the the ball handling and the way he does play the game, it it can it, it is like having your your old thirteen back where they used yeah. to be that extra ball player. Whereas we had a period of like what, 2012 to probably nowadays with a lot of teams where they're still using a 13 as like just another prop without yeah. having a prop as a ball handler. Like, you know, if you're going to do that, they need to have that ball handling ability and a lot of teams are still playing that. Like your John Asiata, as big and wide as he is, he's got the hands of a halfback. You, yeah, you think yes. of in, in Australia, your Tino Fasamalawi, who's absolutely massive six foot buddy five probably yeah. about 19 stone but yet his hands are the hands of you know nathan cleary he can he can just do everything and and to have someone who's the size he is but having you know it's like david and goliath every tackle isn't it yeah <laughs> but again you, you talk about another player who wants to put his body on the line for the club and you know he, he's you know he, he's got no in a, I mean, I, I, you know, in, in a sense, you know, Saints pay his wages, I get that. But in terms of a loyalty to the club, he, he doesn't have one like your Robies, your Percivals, your yeah. Lowaxes. And yet he still goes out there and he will happily break his body in half for that team. And yeah, and like you say, his ball handling is, you know, if if you say Asiata is the best, then he's very, very close to being second. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it sums up, well, we got him from Lee. And the reason yeah. we got him is because A, they got relegated, but B, then they had the opportunities to bring John Asiata over. So you had that sort of side of it. And, and really, Lee getting relegated was a great coup for Saints. Yeah, <laughs> so, in the end, yeah, it was, yeah. So, uh, but that's enough on last season. We've been through the trials and tribulations and we've been through, you know, the highlights of it. This year, unfortunately, we don't have a trip to Australia to look forward to. That's unfortunately going over the hill to Wigan, yeah. um, which you know I've got a ticket for, so I'm 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 I'm, I'm sat in the south stand, so that'll be fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if a Benriff top with a Benriff hat on, Charlie, <laughs> not get recognised from Twitter, uh, <laughs> and uh, and so unfortunately we don't have that, but we do have a big year of rugby league for us, um. What are you looking forward to the most this season? Is it just getting back to going the games? Is it just to see everything? Is it maybe the league as a whole rather than just Saints? What is it? What is it you're looking forward to? 
I think there's a few things, and you've pretty much nailed every single one of them there. I think first things first, rugby league is back. You know, that's you know, it's the it, it's 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 winter, isn't it? It's rubbish. It's it's no, there's no saints, yeah. no rugby, there's no nothing. It's it's sit at home and count down the days. So you know, I am yeah. looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to if. I, I think this this league could potentially be as good as last year. I mean, you say last year was was highly uh, competitive. Yeah, you, you, you most people say that last year was probably the most competitive Super League we've had ever, if not uh, sorry it, for a while, if not ever. But I look at this season and I think you know as well as teams like Leeds did, um, I think they were helped out by a bad. Huddersfield, a bad Leeds, you know, all that mm. kind of middle section, even a bad Warrington to some extent that, you know, they, they probably did a little bit better on that uh, than most people expected. And, you know, you can only play what's in front of you and that's fantastic for them. But now you throw in, now you throw in a good Lee side into what I think is a very dangerous Leeds Rhinos, a very, uh, dan- uh, a very good Huddersfield side. This league could be very, very competitive this year. Yeah, I was doing my predictions yesterday and and published them, and I found it very very tough. Um, mm. The only ones I can't see past the Saints Wigan top, mm. as in like one and two. Um, I think Wigan will nick us league leaders, but I think hopefully we get to the grand final and we can do them over. Um, that's obviously just you know you've got to go with you got to go with the team that's won it the most more recently, haven't you? So, of course, you know, we've, right, won it, yeah. we've won it. We've been more successful over the times. So that was why I picked Saints. But um, below that, I have no real clue. I have a vague clue of, like, you know, third to fifth. I, I think mm-hmm. Leeds are in the sixth to eight category. I do disagree with you on that. Okay. Um, I, think, I think they're going to be competing with Warrington and Huddersfield because I think as much as they've improved... Um, I think there's a lot of body changes. Mm. There's a lot of. I, I really don't rate Lockie Miller. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I don't think he will necessarily turn the league up. Like I've got Leeds fans going, oh, he's he's class, but mate, like the amount of yeah. the amount of tries that they'll concede because of him, as well as like, I, I'm I'm not hundred percent convinced on him. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Matt Dufty. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, just got pace to burn, but absolutely nothing in defence. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he, he went very famous last year, didn't he? For uh, yeah, for the Ocklawatu trip. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, you know, as we've said before, if he was running at you, I think I'd do the same thing. Oh mate, yeah. Oh, was that the trial line? Oh no, oh, no what have I done? Hundred <laughs> percent, and that was first try, I think. So, because a lot of people were like going, "Oh, he's got Okolatu first try." <laughs> I remember watching the game, going, "What's he doing? What's he doing?" And uh, but like you know, it it, it is going to be a very competitive league, and and it's it's so hard. Like I think there's a big gap between the bottom four clubs, and then the other six mm. and then the top two i do think that um that's not just me you know with my with my saints hat on that's just yeah. me looking at it as a, as a whole um i know you think different you think third to fifth for saints i believe you predicted i did i did say that on the pod and i and i maybe i've spoke a little bit too uh quickly there i i think fifth is out of the option for us i think it's more that third fourth position i'm going to I'd probably put us at third 
Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I think um, I, I think that what you've said, I understand with Miller. I think Leeds will be up at the top again this year. I think um, I think they've had a lot of in the in the last few seasons. Uh, you say that you know they've had a lot of body changes, and that's why it's not worked. But I think this year the body changes they've had are just quality rather than. You know, I mean, Blake Austin. Don't get me wrong, probably a good player on his day, but he got he got shunned out of Warrington. He's not. You've stolen Brody Croft, who's a former Man of Steel winner. You've you've mm-hmm. brought with him his his hooker partner in Andy Akers. I think they will be a big side this year, and I think they might be up there with a with a, a one two or maybe. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I'd love to be wrong. I'd, I'd love nothing more. Then, then to see Leeds in the bottom six of the season and say eat your own words, you know, and I will do, but I don't know. I just um, yeah, I think third, but I'd why 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 do you why do you think we why do you think we wouldn't be in that top two? What what are your what what's your fear for that then? Because there's obviously a, a there's obviously that um feeling that you've got so what what would what would the reasons be behind it is it just down to the recruitment of leads and other clubs or is it uh, i think it's a little bit of that and maybe a little bit of our own recruitment as well um i i know we're, we're lacking um a bit of pace and i know we've got wonga blake now who don't get me wrong is is, is rapid but um I think I think my doubts over over Blake are just um, what will he do? Will he be another Aussie that just comes over for a payday? Because we all know the story. He, he turned us down in the first place. He thought he was he he, he thought he was too good for Super League, um, and then it took a couple of months, and you know he came back to us. So I just yeah. when when that happens, you can't help but feel a bit doubtful over and and a one year deal as well. He obviously has his intentions of going well. I'm just here for the, you know, but I hope not. I really hope not. Yeah, from what I've heard about the situation, because I actually, well, I've <laughs> I've got quite a good source on the intel with Wonga Blake yeah. over in Australia. Was the original deal was two with a third okay. that was agreed with his agent, um, but then he didn't want to commit to that long, so he tried to get a deal in Union because he mm-hmm. wanted to go back over to Western Australia, which is where his family's from. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, never got an offer for him. Um. And then he was like, right, well, is there anything in like you know a, a fringe contract? So they call him. I can't remember what they cut the like training trial deals, and then they were like, yeah. no. Um. But he was still doing preseason with Power at the time. Um. Okay. To keep himself fit in case he got the call up to a Union squad, and then. Um, I believe he went back to his agent and said, look, is there anything? And then they renegotiated a deal that was both beneficial to the club and the player. So the player only wanted 12 months um, just to kind of test the waters, see what it's like moving over here because it was a big commitment for him. And then the club were like, well, look, we'll give you 12 months because if it doesn't work out, we can, you know, it works out for both parties. Then there's no like sort of get out. So hopefully, you know, he does... He does halfway through this year and he goes, you know what, actually, I love it here. I want to stay with the likes yeah. of Moses and Bai coming over with the like uh, here at the minute. Your Sionis, who he knows from the NRL, maybe, you know, maybe it works out all all around. Or, you know what, if it doesn't work out, both parties have nothing to lose. He can come over, fight for his place and then um, perform well and go back to Australia with 
hopefully a trophy in him and if so it's a it's it's been a master stroke really well yeah exactly um and obviously you know if he wants to leave and saints want to go after joey marnie who wants to leave then you know <laughs> <laughs> even better isn't it and, yeah, then, and, then, that one. and then roosters get newman and that's another one off our backs and there you go it's it <laughs> everyone's happy we're all a winner <laughs> exactly that and uh, well, may as well stick to recruitment while we're here. Obviously, you you you've got the doubts on on Blake, which I think are, are, are right as well because you know we had that big dip in form um, after the 2022 Grand Final. Where to be fair, Cleary absolutely kicked him to death. Yeah. He did. Um, and and he. He had a stinker, I believe. He like first bomb up, he just dropped it. Second bomb up, dropped it, and it was like, oh, here we go. It's like the semi, the uh, the first round of finals when Cleary again bombed him to death, and it was like you could tell his confidence went. And then I think he only played seven games last year for Para, um, due to that form, due to him not being very happy at the club. So hopefully he can, you know, go to like his Penrith form, but um. We then obviously have the two other acquisitions of Daryl Clark coming in for the one and only James Roby. James Roby is staying at the club, which I think is is great news, staying around the yeah. first team, especially as that um, head of culture and performance or something like that. They, they created a role for him, yeah. um, which is good because it means he'll be in and around the first team. He can lend his experience as well to the likes of Daryl Clark, to the likes of, even though he's he's an old head, you know, you, if you've got James Roby to give you a few pointers, you won't you won't say no to it, would you? You don't say no at all, do you? And, uh, so what what's your thoughts on Daryl Clark? Then we'll move on to what Matt Whitley in a bit. Cause there's a bit more details to go in with Matt Whitley with the other changes yeah. around the squad. I think first things first. I think I think Clark is most definitely safest option in yeah in replacement for James Roby. I don't think there's any doubt in that. I think. Um, if you know when when you talk about Roby getting older and starting to, I mean, you can't really say he dipped in form, can you? That's how no. he is, but you know, he just didn't have that pace that that yeah, spot. like he, he can make the runs, he can find the gaps, but he didn't have that burst that Daryl Clark still has exactly that. So, you would probably say next in line for if you're saying Roby was the best hooker in the league for that, you'd probably say Clark was. The next best because of that he was yeah. he was very similar in style to Roby he just had that bit of per, that bit more burst of energy. Um, ideally, I would have liked Clark to come in maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, I agree. Been, you know that would have been good uh, to get him a bit while he was a bit younger. But um, no, I, I think he's just a very safe option. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to. I've been a fan of Daryl Clark probably since he won that Man of Steel at Castleford. Yeah, uh, I think he's I think he's been a, a brilliant. Uh, uh, hooker in England. Um, I think uh, again. I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, isn't it? You, you say that you know someone like Clark might not have made it in the NRL, but you look at players like um, like Josh Hodgson, for example. I mean, where did I that come yeah. from? I know Justin Albrook wanted to take him over when he went over to Gold Coast. Yeah, but... that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you look at you know where did Josh Hodgson's thing come from and look at how he's good look how good he's been in the nrl for exactly for Canberra. So a decade in it it's exactly that you know clark could have easily have made it in the nrl easily and i think he's uh i think he's just a very very good safe option and i've absolutely no issue with that at all and uh yeah I, i'm looking forward to seeing clark in what he can do in that that, that nine role i, I uh, saw the highlights of the the friendly and 
that yeah, seven very try good. where he sat about three players <laughs> down his way. <laughs> you know, give me that. One well, was Chris Hankinson, so you have to like, you know, give it, give it a. F- <laughs> yeah, all right. Fine, enough, but... You know, if he sits, if he sits down a few Wigan players on his way to the trial line on Good Friday, I'll, you know, I'll be, oh. I'll, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly that, in it. And the third recruit is Matt Whitley. Mm. Um, Matt Whitley has been brought in because, well, a he's the Saint Helens lad. You know, mm. he, he's born literally a stone's throw from where I'm recording this in Billinge. Um, I live in Billinge, so <laughs> you know, uh, but um. So he grew up like Saints fan, and obviously we let him go when he was in the scholarship, and he's he he's went on to have a really successful career, mm. um, with obviously Widnes and then Catalan Dragons, and now he's returned home at the ripe old age of twenty seven, <laughs> um, which is funny in it because like in sport you're like oh twenty seven, you know <laughs> he's not a young lad anymore. It's like. There he is. <laughs> yeah, of course he is. Yeah, at that age, I'll, I'll take I'll take anything we can get at that age. <laughs> and, uh, and he's come in, and because we're we're obviously it's looking more and more likely that Sioni will continue the role that he had halfway through last year onwards as as another prop forward mm-hmm. to replace um, like LMS, yeah, his role last year, which I actually thought worked quite well with him being a prop from the start, him and Lees and then having Worms off the bench at the in the last couple of rounds. Yeah. Um and I'm looking forward to what Matt Whitley can bring. Um both off the bench or the fact that the fact that how competitive we are is is in that position in second row. You're like, oh well, he might not even make the bench. Like that's how mm. competitive we are. And to have that depth, to have a player like Matt Whitley is, you know, your third fourth choice potentially second row is a huge statement yeah absolutely i said before i think we have one of if not the best back row in the league and i think yeah. that's very evident to say with what you just pretty much summarized there in that matt whitley is a new signing for us he's experienced he's he got to he's been in what he played against us in the 21 yeah, 20, battle, 20 so 22 wasn't it catalan 22, is it 22? Yes, yeah, sorry, yes, 22. 22, yeah, with Kevin Nagam. No, yes. was it? Oh, no, no, it was 21, wasn't it? No, it was 21. No, yeah, it was, yeah, 21, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was because Nagama so, went Sydney, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 My yeah. bad. And then He's... Leeds was 22. Of course yes. it was. Yes, do you know what? I forget about Mate, we've won so many, I forget who we <laughs> You know what I mean? It, it's such a luxury to have, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he, he, so he's what he's a two-time grand finalist, all right, albeit runner-up in both. But you know, when you when you talk about that kind of experience, and as you just said, the people, season he had last year as well, it was superb. He was scoring pretty much every week. Yeah, you know, phenomenal player. So uh, I didn't, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't even realise he was a St. Helens lad until he I saw his first interview. Um, yeah, he, yeah. He came out and was talking about how much he, you know, returning home. I was like. Oh, I didn't realise he was uh, in our scholarship. Yeah, he was he was scholarship, and when he got sixteen, they let him go because um, he wasn't, you know, big or good yeah. enough. They they felt, and he went to Winness and and became a Super League player. And then, yeah. and when he was when he, I think it was when Winness went bust when he left, or when he went relegated, his contract was up, and um, yeah. there was Saints offered him a deal, Wigan and Catalan. And then he, it was between Saints and Catalan where he was going, 
and mm-hmm. can't run off with more money, so why not spend a few years in the south of France? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might as well. Hey? That's, it's not a, it's not um, a bad gig to have, is it? And then to go over there, spend four years, have a couple of kids and come back to your hometown, it's it's bloody great, isn't it? Great yeah, for him. Of course it is, yeah. And the exits, obviously the, the likes of Roby is a big one. LMS is, is quite huge, but they were the only two real notable ones. You had the likes of Dan Norman, uh, a fringe plot prop going to um, Lee, and you had the likes of Lewis Baxter and a few other young lads. Mm. Juma Sambu, um, he went to Oldham. Obviously, uh, Fingy Sambu's older brother. You know, he yeah. scored his, he scored in the Salford game from the scrub. Yes, he he looks a very good talent. Um, the exits weren't massive apart from the. The two main ones, and obviously we talked about the two replacements with Sioni, but um, we have got another young lad who, like Delaney and Noah Stevens, who mm. seems to uh, he's he's been promoted to the first team, who seems an absolute unit. Um, it'd be handy to see him maybe getting a couple of games and and filling up that Dan Norman position, so to say. Because, um, I mean, George Delaney was looking at it and he, he surpassed him yeah, more than we could ever imagine last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, I, well, first things first, I, I totally agree with what you've been saying probably since the end of last season. Uh, just to add that in is that George Delaney should have 100% been super league. No, he wasn't even nominated. It was, that's, I mean, the nominations last year were an absolute joke anyway. I mean, the fact that... Um, uh, Willie Peters. Two Warrington okay. players, yeah. Nicholson and Foolis. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, they had good seasons, but yeah. were they a George Delaney? No, I don't think they were. And, and you know, probably a bit of Saints goggles on there, but I, I truly believe that, yeah, he should have been easily. Uh, but I don't, I, there's not just us that have said it, though. There's other fan bases that have even said it. It's like yeah. you're a 19-year-old lad playing prop forward and not only just playing it, dominating games when you come off the bench and, and playing yeah. well above your pay grade and it's just it, it, he is he's a player I'm looking forward to this year to seeing drastically George Delaney to yeah to kick on and he's gone skinhead so he might go like Baldway Mooney you know <laughs> when he just came on and started demolishing people <laughs> so we, we didn't recognise him at the Salford game I was like who's that why is he wearing Delaney's shirt like, he's gone skinhead he's gone mad go on lad and, uh, yeah, so th- there's always that, and obviously we've got the academy to fall back on, which yeah. just keeps producing. You it know, does. we talk about the Delaney's, and hopefully this year we see a bit of Sambu, Johnny Vaughan, the big breakfast presenter. Mm. Um, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he gets a couple of games. I have a sec- centre or second row. He's the Great Britain captain. The yeah, the young lads. Um, but I think most importantly, what 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 are your fears coming into this year? I know you said about finishing third and kind of that, but more specifically, like, what are your fears on Saints' this season? Um, what do you want to see improve last? I'm assuming that's going to be the attack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, in terms of fears, I think um, I think there's not much more I can really say on the fears. Is pretty much doing exactly what I've already said, which is, you know, finishing third, not winning other, what not win, no going your first season in uh, six years, six years without a trophy. 
yeah. you know, that, that's a fear, you know. I, I know it has to come to an end at some time, but, you know, it's always going to be never a fear. Wanted to. Exactly. So, you know, it, it is a fear for us. Um, I think um, just playing boring rugby would be another fear but you know I, th- I think there's uh, again you know you don't take a lot from the friendly but I think there's a lot to take from that Salford friendly in the sense that when did when last season did you say did you see or say Saints are going to put 50 on somebody here never it, you never did admit maybe maybe the Huddersfield game at Magic where we were playing that was probably yeah. our best attacking performance. I was like, buddy, are we can put 50 on them here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we did, we did well at Magic Weekend. But there was uh, very yeah. very few and far games between that you thought. You know, even when... I mean, there's one game that always sticks out in my mind. I, I didn't go. I was I was doing some... I was somewhere else. I can't think for the life of me I didn't go. But it was the Castleford game towards the end of the season. Yeah, and we were 30-0 up. And we won 34-4, was it? Or something, yeah, something like that. that. And you're thinking... 13 a lot that's your time to make a statement that's your time to go and put 50 60 on these where you've already scored 13 one half why were we not doing that but that, that was that's kind of like the 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 nrl sort of mentality of like mm. once the once they get into a big lead like especially penrith you see them a lot like you never you very rarely see penrith do the same thing and put 50 60 on teams yeah you will very rarely see that unless they are a really bad team yeah. um Mainly because what they do is they get to a point where they get like, say, a 22, 24 point advantage and they'll just go, right, we're going to practice defending here. Here's the ball. And then that's basically what they do. They practice the goal line defence and they are the games to do it in. Um, But there is that frustration as a fan where, you know, you want to just see them go out there and go, right, let's put a number on these. Um, But I, I always have a bit of sympathy with them just because... I know that's the mentality that they go out to have, as in like, right, well, let's just we're going to win this game, so let's just practice and make sure we're right for the finals. Um, but my 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 personal biggest fear is suspensions and ill discipline. Yes, I want us to learn, but I know for the fact that the new rule changes are coming in next the year after this. Mm. and they've already changed the gradings for a lot of them, so there's going to be longer bands for longer periods of time, and I think we've got the squad depth to do, to to manage, but the, the silly foul, yeah, silly fouls, the likes of Yusirinan where, where they pass the ball and, and he comes in, not even like slightly late, like where it's just like, oh, he comes and pushes them over yeah. and stuff like that. They're the ones where I'm like, they they need to learn now, and I think I think this... I want to see us be a lot more disciplined when it comes to that side of things. And and we, we've you've discussed it on your podcast a lot. I've said it a lot on Twitter. There needs to be like in the NFL where there's is it a two-step rule, whereas if they yes. pass the ball and you're within two steps, you can hit them because yeah. there's no way you can pull out. Yeah, whereas, whereas a lot of last year. There was a case of you, you, you're literally that away from hitting them, mm-hmm. or like you're already tackling them, and the ball's just leaving their hands, and you're already in the position to tackle. Like that, you, you're gonna hit them. The, the, there is no way you can pull out of that tackle. There's ones where yeah, they can definitely pull out of the tackle, yeah. and they're the ones that need to stop. But I think when it comes to officiating and that sort of rule change, that needs to be looked after a lot yeah. more, looked at a lot more. But I think with the way the 
the lawsuits going and everything else, I can't see them even implementing that sort of rule and that interpretation, which no. is a frustration. Yeah, it's a massive frustration. It is. A, it is. Um, it is frustrating as a fan, not only when Saints do it, but as a fan of rugby league to see that happening for players just getting banned for no reason. Yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, like you said, when you're already in that position, there is no way you can you can. And I think the thing to remember is as well is rugby league's a contact sport. It's yeah. a physical, demanding contact sport, and you you're basically saying we might as well just play tag rugby. Because we can't tackle each other. It's exactly and, that. Uh, you know, we've said it before, you know, you might as well, you know, in terms of a halfback, you might as well just let him have free range with kicks. You might as well just go, well, uh, well, we'll see what he does. We'll, you know, we'll let him bomb it up and we'll try and catch it. Because you touch the you touch the yeah. finger and you're done for. That's it. There's, there's no there's no leeway anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, as, as you said, I think, yeah, uh, from a Saints perspective, yes, definitely learn from ill-discipline because... I think we can all agree that, you know, Matty Lee's is simbing in that semi-final is what cost us, really. Yeah. Um, in, yeah. In, in, the, in, a, in a grand scheme of things, you know, there was a you know there was a few things that went wrong that night, don't get me wrong, but, you know, when you talk about a simple penalty for holding down and getting yourself simbing for 10 minutes and giving him a free-range kick, because Adam Kieran's a hell of a kicker, he ain't going to miss them. Yeah, exactly. Um, you give you give Adam you give a player like Adam Kieran the... Uh, a ball and a tee from that position, he ain't missing. And that's what ultimately was our downfall in the end. Massively, but like like say that that that's a fear that I think um I think every club should have, but especially when, you know, like we said earlier on in the podcast where it cost us the games like Lee Leeds that would have won us a trophy. It cost us then the semi final. And then, you know, it it, it it becomes then a frustration that's our own occurrence and I'm gonna add I'm gonna have one more category to next season that I haven't prepped for because I've just thought about it. Um and mine's a one to watch. Okay. So I want I want you to well I'll go first because it gives you time to think. <laughs> but um but a one to watch a player that um you're either excited to see um a player that maybe has had a bit of injury worries or like not really seen enough of maybe um, maybe not down to injuries, maybe just be down to form or whatever. Um, but my player that I'm really looking forward to in a one to watch is Jake Wingfield for me. Mm. Um, he's a very versatile player. He can play prop, second row, loose forward, hooker. Like there's not many players that can play all four positions. Obviously, you know there's a bit of a drop off when he goes to hooker compared to others. But when he plays prop. And he runs in hard, and he's a young player that's got a lot of potential. Um, and people forget that, like you know, we've got him this year that we didn't have last year. He'll be like a new signing to us. Um, having spent what the f- I think after game week nine or ten, he was out then for the rest of the season, and and having him coming back and having him fit, I think, will be massive for Saints. Yeah, absolutely. I hundred uh, agree with that. Uh, right on the spot, but I think uh, I think uh, on our pod, I think Andy mentioned him, but I think uh, I'm gonna go with Lewis Dodd. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think big season for Lewis Dodd this year. I think uh, arguably one of the best. I think arguably one of, if not the best, halfback in that first seven or eight games in his breakout season. Uh, scored a lot of tries, a lot of dummy runs, a lot of steps. Uh, good. He had a good kicking game for a lot of it. Uh, unfortunately, he did his ACL. Uh, oh no, it was his Achilles. It was his Achilles. Achilles. Yeah, yeah sorry, he did his Achilles, Achilles. Sorry. Um, 
and came back and was just an absolute shell of him, shell of himself. Um, didn't look anywhere near as threatening or as or as dangerous as he did in those first eight. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him get back to that that form in that first mm-hmm. half of that season. Um, hopefully taking on the line a bit more. Uh, you know, throwing the good pass, putting a good kicking game in, and I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Lewis Dodd. I think. Yeah, it's it's one of them though. Where I think the the problem for Dodd last year was I think a knock on from the year before, not in his injury sense, but in a sense where you had um, Lomax playing that seven role and mm. doing that sitting back role, organising, um, and then this year it seemed to be very much like we had two sevens on the pitch mm. and we did, we had Dodd sitting back and organising. We had Lomax organising and sitting back and we didn't have that runner yeah. in between, which your, your, your six is the main one to be doing that. And that's what it kind of said, said to me. Um, I think a lot of it was, it was a 21 year old lad in his first full season at the club. Yeah. You know, really because is the, the year, he, the, the, year before the one before last where he did his Achilles the year before that he played a couple of games and then it was like right because we had Farge obviously and then um last year uh, the year he did his Achilles he did that so he only played like eight nine games and then last year was like his first full year he didn't miss Mm -hmm. a game um but I think a lot of it was probably down to uh I think the fans have got a lot to answer for as well with him that that the since the comments about Australia were made, you know, is he, he swapped agents to Australia? I think the fans got on his back quite drastically, especially on social yeah. media. It was quite toxic for him. Um, and I think, as as any player, they they tend to ignore it. But when you're seeing it every day, when you're hearing it, you hear it. Like I stand in the West Stand, and he put up a good kick, and it would be like, oh, what the bloody hell are you doing, oh, bloody dad? And it's like. There seemed to be a lot of angst just because it was a young 21-year-old lad who said, you know what, I'd quite like to go to Australia one day, but I'm going to play my heart and soul out for the club at the minute. Yeah. And I felt I felt really sorry for him in them moments, but then that probably affected his form when hopefully this year gets his future sorted with Saints, hopefully. Um, hopefully another two-year extension and, and he can knuckle down and, and show us Lewis Dodd show was the Lewis Dodd that, that we all know is in there. Yeah, exactly that. And, you know, I, I think obviously, um, I, th- I think I think for a lot of fans as well, uh, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, I was probably one of them where maybe, you know, I didn't, you know, I looked at a, a kick and I thought, mm, right, okay, you know, where I should have been like, oh, that's a really good kick. But, you know, I'll be forever grateful for Lewis Dodd for dropping that goal. <laughs> I keep mentioning that World Club, but, you know, I will always be forever grateful that he dropped that goal to win us that game. Um, yeah. I, you know, that that's something that will live in my head for him and probably his memory for a lifetime. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, I think in terms of Dodd, I think he tried, I think he tried to play a lot safer. As you said, probably that more organising role where they were both doing it, but I just even just you know even if even if you just see him mix up his kicking game a little bit I mean you know last season I was you know you stand there or you you sit there and you watch him and it's right fifth tackle what oh it's a Lewis Dodd bomb oh it's a Lewis Dodd bomb oh it's a yeah, Lewis. Yeah, yeah it was never you know I, I understand what you're saying in the sense that all right maybe 
you know, his bomb might, you know, one of his bombs might have been really good and he made him drop the ball or he put it on the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But eventually teams just look at that and just go, he's going to bomb it. 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 And, you know, it's just yeah, nice yeah, yeah. to see that. What's he going to do next? Oh, he's grubbed it. Oh, he's put it through. Oh, oh, you know, it's just something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that, that I'd love to see that Lewis Dodd return. Cause I think I'd also love to know. I'd love to know how much of, you know, the disappointment that, that fans had in him, how much that was down to the way, the style in which we were playing, the way he was maybe, mm-hmm. like, told to play as well. Like, you, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know if, you know, the, the attacking coach is like, right, no, you know, these are the way we want to play. These are the combinations. Yeah. But, you know, Dodd, I, I want you to be more of an organiser and then, you know, we we don't know what's going on behind the scenes in that aspect. So you don't know how much is down to the coaching. You don't know how much is down to him. And I think for Saints fans, it's it's particularly hard to get a grips of that mentally because we're so used to, you know, back in the glory days of like your skull fought your lungs. It was like, oh, play what you see, play what you see, go yeah. do that. And nowadays it's a lot more structured, a lot more than, don't get me wrong, they had structure back then, but there was always that kind of thing, right, to play what's in front of you. Whereas yeah. sometimes nowadays they go too structured and maybe maybe it might just be a case of going back to back to basics for the team really, not just Dodd. Maybe yeah, kind of going right to play what's in front of you. You know, I look at last uh, I look at last season with him and I, I did notice a spell not only for the team, not only for Dodd but for the team as well. And I'd like uh, I'd like him to either potentially either come on board a bit more or maybe. Um, maybe work with Dodd a bit more, but um, I noticed a massive difference as when Matty Smith was involved. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I'm not saying I wish, you know, Frazzing you would stay in France because obviously I know he had like family issues and stuff like that and I don't wish that on anybody, but, you know, when he was gone and Matty Smith, and I know he's obviously, I know Matty Smith's with the women and, and um, you know, he's doing a fantastic job over there. I think there. he's doing everything this year because he's with the women, he's with the, with the community, he's with the first yeah. team. He's, he's, he seems to be doing <laughs> everything this year. So, so and he's got another kid on the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. But, you know, I'd like Matty Smith to come in and help us because, you know, um, I think uh, as I think he was a very safe player in his in his career, but he could organise. And I think uh, I think his his infield kicking game was was very good. And I think I noticed that a lot better when he was involved yeah. for those few games. And I hope he you know continues to be part of that that development team. Yeah. I think we'll be a lot better with with him in there. So. We know your predictions on your own podcast. Has your opinion changed? Are you changing that league position? Are you predicting any trophies? Are you, you know, what what what's your general feel going in next week against London? Obviously, we should put at least fifty on them. That yeah. should be a score that we should have in our heads. I know it's game week one, but you know, you're coming up against a team that's a part time. The right decision, by the way, yeah. to stay part time. Um, B. You know they've they've had what a turbulent off season both off field and on field with kind of the IMG model and all that and then obviously you have the three major injuries they've just had. You've you've got to be if you're a Saints coach going right. Let's put a statement out here. Let's mm. let's go and let's go right. Let's show them what we've got and go on predictions for 2024. <laughs> um... So I think first things I think uh, I think on a on a whole I I tend to 
I know you can't do it when you're in that Saints team because you, you you can't look too far ahead. But um, I look I look at the first three games and I think that's where you make your statement. Uh, I think for different reasons. I think. Is it not the first date and then you over celebrate in a pub and then? <laughs> yes, exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> you beat London and then you go on and you know you beat London and you act like you won the trophy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I think for different reasons. I think one, I think like you just said, you put fifty on London, you put fifty plus on them, you put you, you lay down your marker to the to the to the league, and you say, look, this is us. You know, anything other than being top of the league uh, by game week one is a downfall for us. Uh, I think there's no other team in that league that has an easier game than us. Uh, no. I think that's uh, we should be top of the league by game week one. Um, by the end of game week one. Uh, basically on points difference because we should have put enough past London to be out of sight. Uh, mm-hmm. and your next two games, I've already said, I think Huddersfield look a lot better this year. I think if you can get uh, four four points out of your first two games. Missing the captain this year as well uh, for the first yeah. three in Luke Yates. So, yes. So, so that's a big cover. bonus for Saints. Definitely. And then you move on to what you would call the surprise team of last year in Lee. So, you know, again, another marker to be put down, and you say, "Well, they were good last season. We're better this year." And you put that marker. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think, I think, like I said before, I think I spoke maybe a bit too too brass on the third to fifth. So I think I'll stick with a solid third. Um, I'd be more than more than pleased with a second, as you've predicted, or even a first if we can uh, pip Wigan to it. I think there. I think, as you've said, I think. We're gonna probably the team to probably beat this year. That that's that's what I meant when I said like you know I'm quite enjoying it. I'm quite enjoying being the underdogs. Yeah. Because for so long we've been the team to beat. Every team's raised the performance, especially last year. You've seen it where every team was like, right, we've got to beat them. We've got to beat yeah. them. And now it's like, right, we're no longer. Yeah, exactly team. that. Um, and like if if Wigan do go on to beat Penrith, granted it's not going to be as good as ours because they did it. And in their own home. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't we can always have that on it. They never went Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so obviously like if they, they do end up beating Penrith, you've then got that to kind of yeah. go, right, everyone's gonna be gunning for Wigan. We can go under the radar. And I think in a lot of predictions I'm seeing Saints are going under that radar. They're not predicting us to, you know, like yourself, they're predicting us third to sixth. What one yeah. fan one fan who was being genuinely serious was like, oh, you'll struggle to make the six. I was like, you're not even messing on here. <laughs> I was like, you're, you're genuinely thick. <laughs> no, we won't, we won't was... sat on playoffs. We'll keep our playoff run, you know. Yeah. No doubts on that one. Um, so, so... I was just going to say, you know, it's probably pessimistic as I've been compared to yourself. Uh, I think the, the, the key thing is there is that, you know, a, a big chunk of this team is still the team that won four in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, that's, you know, that's the thing, and 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 the rebuild. Like people go, oh, we're gonna we're gonna have a major rebuild soon. Mm. And it's like, yeah, but if you replace three or four players a year, there's no need for one massive rebuild. Exactly. There's no need for a lead. If you go right, we brought in three players this year. Granted, Wonga Blake is only on a twelve-month deal, yeah. maybe because you know we Johnny Vaughan comes up and or Sambu, for example, and they've earmarked them as the permanent replacement. You don't know about that aspect. But then we go, right, well, we've got foundations in the youth team. We've got then, you know, no one knows who becomes available. There's mm-hmm. always a fallout at a club or, you know, someone in the NRL has been like, you know, 
told, look, you're not wanted really. Look at Olam, he was just signed a New Year deal, New Year deal, and now he's at West Tigers. Yeah. So like you've got them sort of things of like you never know who becomes available. Um, and then like you say, if we do three or four players a year, there's no need for that massive. Oh, like everyone says, oh, you've got an aging squad. You know, we've got so many players off contract, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, look at that over the years. Look at how many times people have said such a player's leaving. And then they end up re-signing. Like, we've got it at the minute with Tommy Mack. You know, Catalan have proposed a, a big offer towards him. Yeah. But, you know, the, you, you never know with that sort of thing. Uh, he may well go. He may well yeah. stay. But the fact is, we've got the foundations of a youth team. We've got, the found, we've got a great board who can pinpoint players. And, you know, if, if worse comes to worse and Tommy does leave the club, which I've... I still think he won't. I've still got that hope that you know he'll be a one club man and he'll he'll do everything. You know, then we've got that we've got a replacement lined up somewhere mm. along the line, or you know, and 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 I think that's the the main thing. I, I don't think we will ever go through what we did with likes of Cunningham and mm. the the recruitment he did and the board have really took over since Cunningham signed them players. He did the likes of Tommy Lee, Richie Beaumont. Yeah. Uh, you know, players like Jack Owens, who just weren't up to standard. Players like, you know, Adam Walker, who, mm. well, you know, he, he's passed away now. But um, players like him, who, who who had bad backgrounds, there seems yeah. to be. Bar, ben Barber's probably the only anomaly of of recent years, but that was because Holbrook basically put his job on the line for him and went, no, I believe he will knuckle down and without the press and all that. So, like, I think we... I think people always underestimate that side of Saints, the recruitment, the retention. Um, and, and yeah, so I just hope that, you know, like you say, we, we've kept that squad. And hopefully if we just keep pottering and keep rebuilding slowly, replacing players that come and go, I think I think we'll I think we've we've got the board to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. I think you Nail on the head there, mate. Nothing really to, to add on that. I think that's you know, <laughs> sweet. You've, I think you've nailed that. Um, in, so, in terms, uh, yeah. sorry, I was about to say, yeah, in terms of a trophy. Uh, that's what I've got to go to. <laughs> <laughs> even oh, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, in terms of a trophy, mate. Uh, yeah, I'd love to say that we've won. You know, five out of six. That'd be great, but. In all honesty, I'm bored of winning it now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I, I, I'd love for us to win the cup. I'd love a challenge cup. Um, and I think, uh, I think. I mean, you, you think because, like, we won it in 2006, mm. and then did we win it in 07? Or was that why? Uh, no, we won it in no, 07. Just, we won, yeah, we we won it in, in 07. We won one three, we won oh seven oh oh six oh seven oh eight. Yeah, oh six oh seven oh eight. And then after them three years, we didn't go back till twenty nineteen. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, it is. It Cause, is cause like, you know. Cause like, I mean, we've, even, we've been we've been twice. Yeah. I mean even in even in other sense, I mean you 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 know, I mean twenty nineteen was the start of it. So, you know, people forget though, but it was those those tens, those twenty tens to twenty twenty. It was a dark time for Saints. You know, we we won. If you'd have told me after winning, uh, you know, in 06, 07, 08, making five grand finals that we'd have won two grand finals in ten in in ten years. 
Yeah. I'd have, I'd have, I'd have cried. But well, after after all six and winning the treble, we went all seven lost grand final. Oh yeah. eight, nine, ten, eleven, five on the bounce, lost. Yeah. Amount of heartbreak that I went through and you probably went through in that stadium, and it was like, and then so really we went eight years between oh six and twenty fourteen of winning it. Yeah. And then we went another four, five, five uh, years. Yeah. Because we missed out in 2018, so then another five, and and going between 2006 and 2019, and only winning one trophy up until that second final. That's it's mental, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 it's funny when you've got fans like last year complaining, and this that, and the other. I was like, mate, you've just won the world champions. You've won four yeah. on the bounce. You've done it. Just, just, you know what? I, I kept saying it. I was like, you know what? These players have given us the best period of our lives. Yep. Easily, easily the most trophy laden of our lives. Now's the time for the fans to pay them back. Yeah. And rather than, you know, going off and slagging them off and doing it, don't get me wrong, a bad performance, you can go, oh, come on, blah, blah, blah. blah. But then to do it consistently, like last year, and and it was just like, mate, we, we were points difference away from winning the league leaders. We were a semi-final of the Challenge Cup, semi-final of getting to the grand final and the playoffs. We were kicks away from getting the final. And it's just like, come on, it's time for Saints to repay the players that have given us the best period of our lives. Exactly. And thank you very much, Bobby, for this podcast. It has yep. been real fun to do. It's <laughs> I've enjoyed it. Great. Thank you. It's always great to talk about the greatest team in the Super League era. <laughs> it's always great to talk about Paul Wellow's men. And more importantly, go check out Only in Rugby League, formerly Loose Forward podcast. And this has been the Ramblings of a Saint podcast with your host, Johnny Lou. And I will see you next time.